I'm Ashling Keenan and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, now in its 12th season and supported by Water Wipes, the number one baby wipe brand in Ireland, made with simply two ingredients and nothing else. When I had my daughter, I wanted something I could trust to use on her skin and Water Wipes were, and still are, the one. I once made the mistake of trying a different brand never again. I did not realise just how much of a difference there could be between two fairly similar brands, but it was huge. My daughter is now two and a half and I panic if I don't have at least one pack of water wipes within line of sight. With that in mind, I'm happy to say this season is supported by that most essential of products for every mum, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2023, including Best Baby Wipes and Best Baby Skincare Essential, they are ideal for delicate newborn skin. Together, we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to Every Mom the Podcast. I'm Ashton Keenan, your host. And believe me when I say today's episode when I was recording it, had me wide-eyed and my jaw was on the floor for most of it as returning guest Ashling Kearns shares in detail the story of her home birth. Ashling's son Tommy was just four weeks old when we recorded and he slept like an angel throughout in spite of hearing in the background the nitty-gritty of how he entered the world. Having spoken to a doula and read a book about childbirth as a rite of passage, Ashling decided a home birth was for her, even though it was her first pregnancy. She talks about the home setup, who was there, how it all went, and how she hopes her choice to do it, and also, of course, her choice to talk about it with such amazing honesty, will inspire others to maybe consider it as an option where they might not have before. This episode is unmissable and absolutely fascinating. I hope you enjoy Ashton Kearns, welcome back. I think you're my first returning, uh, returning customer, I was going to say, but my first returning guest uh, to every month of the podcast. How have you been since you've had your little baby? I have been good. Sorry, I'm just um, closing that so I'm not looking at myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've been good. So Tommy is four weeks old now, tomorrow. So oh it's gosh. just been crazy since the last time I talked to you he's still so fresh like he's brand brand new he's still so brand new and he was born at 37 weeks as well so like he's tiny (laughs) but he's not he's not like tiny tiny but like it feels like you know I was expecting so much that he would be late like two weeks at the start of the due date and he was Literally the day I turned 37 weeks. My oh word. my God. Mental. And that's, that is kind of, there's like the, the, the old wives tale that, you know, when your first child, you'll go over and it won't, you know, it'll never happen on the due date and all that kind of stuff. Um, But Lydia was early and sure Tommy now, he was early as well. Yeah. So um, we're booking yeah, the trend, like, but I know that we're on. Um, sorry. sorry. I know that it's, uh, it's usually more common that you do go over. And also I just, mm. For my own head, 
I had like I found like from my baby shower we had like predictions and I predicted yeah. the 27th of November and he was born the 27th of October so like oh I my God. I for my head I was thinking like right full two weeks over like mm-hmm. you know because I didn't yeah. want to be thinking any early and then possibly have like you know another two or three weeks to wait yeah. like so yeah it was, yeah it was such a shock like you know but it does oh happen <laughs> it does happen it does and when we were chatting the last time we were obviously um we were talking about your you know your kind of your hopes your plans your thoughts how you thought everything was going to change or not change or whatever when after you had your baby and then like I literally was like I had already in my head I was like I need to do a follow-up episode with Ashley because I wanted to know had any of that panned out but then you messaged me and you were like okay I have something I want to talk about and I was like oh my god what is this (laughs) so it's the most fascinating thing to me and I'm dying to talk about it you had a home birth with Tommy yes I did so (laughs) tell me all is that something that you planned is that something like did you have to put measures in place were you not terrified tell me everything (laughs) so basically David's sister-in-law is a doula and so Mary is her name and she had mentioned to me fairly early on in my pregnancy about home birth and I was like absolutely no way I was like Mm. Not fierce. I was like, maybe like if I had another baby, but like I was like, not in the first, no way. And she was like, well, like, you know, just like it's just it's something to think about, like, you know, and she talked about kind of like some some stats and stuff like that as to like interventions and like differences between in the hospital and home births. Uh-huh. And again, I was still kind of like, no, I don't think so. And then it was actually Dr. Sarah. Do you know Dr. Sarah Murphy on Instagram? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shared a post about home births and mm. where to find information, basically, because there's it's not like it's not a thing that's spoken about. It's not a thing. No, that, not like, at all. It's offered or mentioned to you when you become pregnant of like, so you don't actually have to go to the hospital. Like, you know, it's yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah. brain just thinks that's where you go to have your baby. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when she and I, I love Dr. Sarah's page and like mm-hmm. I find she does a lot of evidence based work and stuff like that. So I really respect her opinion. So mm-hmm. when she shared it, I was like, OK, OK, like, you know, so mm-hmm. um, she shared um, a midwife, a home birth midwife called Anya, her page. Right. And I went onto her page and I had a look and I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to message her and ask her can I ring her and chat to her about home birth and like what it is and mm-hmm. you know yeah. see if it's something that I'd be interested in mm-hmm. um so I did and I had a great chat with her and we talked um we basically talked about what home birth is and why 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 it, it can is an option and you know there was so much about it that after a 10 minutes conversation, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Now, like, I'm not someone that like would have had, like, I know for a lot of people, it's the pain relief kind of, that's the thing that they're thinking, no, I want to have the options of pain relief. Mm-hmm. I knew that if I needed to go to the hospital or I wanted to get pain relief, I could go. And I also live very close to one as well. Now, at the mm-hmm. minute, there's restrictions on how far you can live from the hospital to have a home birth. But mm-hmm. I knew I lived very close to one. So it was there. But it was also something that was just kind of in the back of my mind. Like I wasn't going like, oh, 
I'm definitely going to need the pain relief. So, because obviously then I wouldn't be having a home birth, like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But um, it was just that she talked about just like being in my own house, being in the comfort of my own, own, the own, my own rooms, being wearing, and I know that you can wear whatever you want in the hospital. That sounds so yeah, silly. Yeah. Like I was completely naked at one yeah. point walking around my house like you know I felt so completely comfortable and Mm. then the other massive um part of it that I that interested me in home birth was that you have five visits with your midwife before the birth and she comes to your house so my checks from like 28 weeks I think or maybe it was earlier than that it was after my anomalies gone anyway so around Mm. maybe 22 or 23 and okay. um, she came and did her checks here. So I okay. didn't have to go back into the hospital again. So I, unless there was something that she was worried about, she would send me in. But I was fine. So I yeah. did my five checks at home. Then she's there for the birth. And then a second midwife comes for the birth. And then you have five visits after the birth at home. And okay. they were like like unbelievable like so needed like you know we had quite a stressful time with Tommy because he ended up having jaundice so okay. he was he had uh, light therapy so he ended up being, being in the hospital a lot for the first week of his life mm-hmm. so we didn't really get that kind of you know go home and settle in or whatever it was a very stressful yes, week. yeah yeah but that second week then we had those five visits with my midwife I knew her really well at this stage too as well mm-hmm. like so it was massive. And that's the other thing as well, that like, you know, who's going to be there with you when you're having your baby. Yeah. And I remember yeah. saying something like, oh, you're going to deliver my baby. And she's like, no, I'm not going to deliver you, your baby. You're going to deliver your baby. She's like, I'm just going to guide you. Like, she's like, yeah. you are going to do it because you're going to be able to do it. And she was like, I'm just going to be there to guide you. And that's exactly how it ended up happening and feeling that oh way. But, um, yeah, that's how I was convinced then to, 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 to actually go for it. Yeah. And like, my first thought when when you told me you had a home birth, particularly that given that it was your first child, right? Like if somebody had said to me on my first on, on Lydia, who is my only, mm-hmm. uh, that you know home birth, like no one ever mentioned it. First of all, it never even came up in a conversation. But if somebody had mentioned that to me, I, I live near maternity or relatively near maternity hospitals, um, and I know if anything had happened, I could have gone there and whatever. But for whatever reason, because it was my first, I was like, I can't imagine doing this outside that the mm. safety of a medical environment. And although what you're saying, the idea of being at home and all that kind of stuff sounds really appealing, the kind of fear got in the way. So mm. what? how do you think you overcame those initial kind of or did you even experience those initial moments of, oh, my God, what if what if this, what if that? And how did you kind of overcome that? And what was it that really sold the idea of a home birth to you mostly? This book was recommended to me by another home birth midwife. And she said, mm-hmm. just start reading that as soon as you can. And yeah, so it's called Reclaiming Childbirth as a Rite of Passage. And okay. To read. Basically... That book talks about childbirth and how it's something that women have been doing for a very, very long time, way before there were hospitals. 
Now, hospitals are absolutely necessary in some situations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Mary, my doula, had four traumatic births that needed the hospital for all four. But she's still a huge advocate for home births, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, there is definitely a place for it. But um, it kind of just it kind of just talks about how um, we are kind of conditioned to think that that is the safest place to have a child is mm-hmm. in the hospital. That's just mm-hmm. what we are conditioned to think nowadays. Yeah. But yeah. before there were hospitals, women were doing it, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I kind of look. It's a really. It, I loved the book. I just absolutely loved it. It talks about kind of like you know the story of Eve, say like, and how she like you know had her baby and all of this and with women around her and like you know it's just really empowering women to have fully informed choice as well when it comes to your childbirth and knowing that you're capable of doing it you know mm-hmm. that you, your body was built to do this or whatever and that you can do it that um you're able to do it and also talks about kind of like environment and how environment has such an impact on your labor and childbirth mm-hmm. you know and being in a, an environment that's comfortable and that you you feel safe and this is the thing for some women the hospital makes them feel safe and mm-hmm. if that makes them feel safe then they're going to be pumping their oxytocin so that's great that's that's that really yeah. works you know because for some women they're like no it's just it's I would feel safer in the hospital than I would feel at home Whereas mm-hmm. I, I, for some reason, I always have, I just don't find com- hospitals comfortable. Like, you know, I mm-hmm. just never have been comfortable in a hospital, even mm-hmm. for my checks at the start. I remember I was getting my bloods done. I nearly started to cry. I was like, <laughs> oh, do I have to get my bloods done? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ashley. But, um, <laughs> so, you know, no thinking more so that it would be here and I would know the people here at home and stuff like that. It did, it did convince me. But this, this book is just fantastic and it kind of just talks all about how to like you know naturally pump those and um hormones that you need during labor and mm-hmm. uh, just empowering you to feel like you know I can't do it because there is a lot of fear behind yeah. childbirth I think and that's like you know a massive reason as well as why people trust going like you know more comfortable in hospitals because there's naturally this fear mm-hmm. where see, we see childbirth on the telly as a woman screaming and mm-hmm. in serious pain and you know there's there's it's pushed on us like that from a very young age whenever you yeah. see it you hear about it that's it like you know yeah and yeah. then as well like our the, like my mother's generation like you know it would be kind of like oh just you know oh god get in there and get the epidural like or get in there and take it all the drugs you can take like you know there's they're immediately saying like you know telling you that the, it's going to be painful your brain's going to think it's painful you're going to have fear it's going to stop all those hormones from pumping mm-hmm. so um, yeah it's just I loved this book and like when I was halfway through it I was even I started by halfway through that book I started to get excited for my home birth and I was excited for my home birth right up until well like you know it, it's not like I I was like when it sat when my war spoke I was like oh no yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never I never had fear I never had fear for That's it amazing. Yeah. because I because, just yeah like all all I had was fear 
Yeah. And that's that's actually like listening to you say that now, I feel really sad for myself in a way because yeah. like you're right, every every you know cultural touchstone for for seeing someone giving birth, it's pain, it's drama, it's rushing, it's you know that yeah. that trope of like you know. Uh, like the film Father the Father of the Bride 2 comes to mind where they have the bag packed and they have routes to the hospital on a map ready and then they all wake up in the middle of the night and she's standing there and they run they jump in the car and they like speed to the hospital and then the baby comes flying out and you're like <gasps> like that That's never happens first of all. And, I, and in my logical mind I know it you know I, I I know that that's not how it happens and I I that if for most people, look, there's there are a couple of people who have very speedy deliveries. I'm aware, and like yeah. have babies on in cars on the way to the hospital and stuff. But like, I was all fear, and mm. the hospital was the hospital was such an uncomfortable place for me. And the way it happened for me, that kind of started the fear. And I'm just thinking back on you're so right about the hormones that must have been flooding through my body. They, I don't think they were the right ones. Looking back, you know, mm. um. Because the way it happened for me was I went in for my 37 week scan and they discovered at that point that I'd preeclampsia. So they kept me in and I had never stayed overnight in a hospital before. I had never been in a hospital for longer than a visit to, you know, a a grandparent or, you know, like there was, I had never any reason to stay in hospital. So that was my first time. And it was a, it was a surprise because I thought I was just going in for a scan and I was kept in. It was during COVID, so my husband couldn't even come in with me. Like there was so much there that I was so deeply uncomfortable. I just cried for the whole time I was there up up until after I gave birth and the, you know, I had some help and I had my husband was allowed in or whatever. I just cried. I cried all night. And I'm I'm thinking how different that must that must have been for you because you were at home, you'd, you know, you'd your doula, you'd your help, you'd your midwives, you were in your own environment. That's I like I'm that's astounding to me, you know. Now I will say this other thing is that in Ireland there's just this massive problem understaffing in hospitals. And I think mm. that's a lot of the reason why um, you know, things can happen because like it's just there's not enough midwives, there's there's not enough to go around for all of the women that are there. So the care that you get, it can't be one-on-one care because no. it just yeah just don't have enough like you know and I saw that because so I did have Tommy at home he was born at home but then I had retained placenta so my placenta wouldn't come and um I had a HSC home birth so you can have there's private home births as well um or there's a HSC uh, home birth um I was on the HSC's clock say so their time okay um, so I had an hour after the birth for the placenta to be uh, to be born and then delivered. Born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be delivered. Um, and then if that that didn't happen, then I would have to be transferred to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, my placenta didn't deliver in the hour and I did have to go to hospital for a manual removal. So mm-hmm. I did end up in the hospital afterwards, but mm-hmm. we ended up then because Tommy had jaundice, like, you know, needing to be there. So, you know, that I tried to find the, the positive in it, like, you know, it was good that we were there. So he would get checked and la, la, mm-hmm. now yeah. he would have got checked anyways. But do you know that we ended up having to go in anyways? But I had to stay in the hospital for 
three nights and then we got home for one or two and then we got had to go back in again with Tommy for more um light therapy and like it was just it's just crazy it's just so busy in there mm-hmm. and like you know it's it was, like you said I had never overstayed in a hospital as well and it's terrifying as well it's mm-hmm. so bright. yeah yeah so we ended up having to stay and like mm-hmm. I was in a ward with like seven other women with seven babies and like you know especially because I planned a home birth now I had always gone I can't control birth and I don't know what way to go and if I have to go to hospital I have to go to hospital that's it like you know yeah yeah it was it's super overwhelming like you know and I remember the midwife saying to excuse me the midwife saying to me that there were 18 babies delivered that night and there was I think like nine midwives on and I was just like, like the pressure that's on them is insane. Yeah. Like, you know, so like there, you know, you can understand how like intervention then happens because they literally don't have time to be able to go, right, okay, well, instead of you an intervention, let's like, you know, just wait and let yeah. it naturally yeah. happen and stuff like that. That's yeah. why there's schedules in hospitals when it comes to how long you can be in labor, active labor, you know, pushing. Mm-hmm everything's under time schedule which is crazy because I always say like uh, there's my group of friends there's five of us but none of us have the same period you know yeah. none of us yeah. uh, like you know it's the same length or anything like that so how yeah. can you assume the childbirth will be the same for every woman it mm. won't be you know no. so um now I like I said I was under that time schedule but I never felt like like I never looked at the clock when I went into labor at all, like because yeah, yeah. I just had complete support around me 100 percent all the time, telling me I was well capable of doing it. Now I had my wobble. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Everyone does. And that's it's Rachel talks about that in the book and reclaiming childbirth. Um, it's called transition phase where you're fa- transitioning from active labor to pushing. And it's mm-hmm. basically a point where a lot of women go, I can't do this anymore. I'm mm-hmm. exhausted. I just can't. And I got had I had that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my midwife encouraged me to like, you know, I was doing really well and I was really far dilated. I was nearly eight centimeters dilated and I was nearly there. I was yeah. going really well. But like, you know, I was like at that point, ring the ambulance. Get yeah. me in yeah. for the girl <laughs> now. Because you need you have to get an ambulance transfer to the hospital if you have a home birth. And yes. uh, she was like, You're doing really good, you know, like by the time the ambulance comes and brings you in, and I was like, ring the ambulance. Like, I need the drugs now. <laughs> and then um I moved upstairs into the bathroom, sat in the bathroom, um, and I got in a zone. And I see that change of environment to a smaller room because I had my pool as well. So I had the pool downstairs. Yeah. So I was in the birth pool for about two hours, but I just couldn't get in the zone. My head was just I was the the contractions were coming on top of me and I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't I didn't feel like I had control at all. So mm-hmm. then when I went upstairs into the bathroom and it just I got in a zone. And I was able to handle them all. I was using gas and air um, and that got me through it. And then next thing we knew, we were in the bedroom and he was being born and he was born a half an hour into pushing. So it was and even the length of my labor, like my waters broke and I put this down to a home birth that my Mm -hmm. labor was short. 
like my water is broke at half two in the day, but I didn't have a contraction until half nine that night. Mm-hmm. So like for the whole day, I just kind of tried to rest because I knew that the night would be would labor. Be tough, yeah. yeah. Labor. Um, but I was managing contractions very well until about one, I'd say. And then they started to come quite quick every five mm-hmm. minutes and then every minute. So they were picking up. But from he was born at two minutes to five. So really, I was only in like active intense labor for four hours yeah and I put that down to being at home because again although all all the right hormones were pumping at the right time I had complete support I knew now I didn't know my second midwife but she was excellent as well she was brilliant because the second midwife is called just on the day just for support yeah yeah yeah. just for the birth and basically so that the first midwife is she has to like you know because they're checking heartbeat heart rate and stuff like that Mm. and all that she's noting all of this so the second midwife is there so Mm -hmm. like you know I had my doula I had Dave like you know the the constant support no one else then coming into the bubble I knew that that was going to be it you know there wasn't going to be a doctor popping in their head or going oh god now you know we're pushing on time here because I had until half eight to give birth to him and if Mm -hmm. I didn't give birth to him by half eight I had to go to hospital because I had 18 hours but I never felt under pressure with the clock, you know, like it was never a thing of like, there's only three hours left, like, you know, and mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. you're not progressing anything like that. Like, you know, and everything did progress very easily. And like, yeah. it, it would say easily, I mean, I mean, well, you know, yeah. there was no yeah. stall in progressing or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. Like it was, it was, it was great. Now the next day <laughs> I was like, I'm going straight for that epidural the next time. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, you know, they also did say that they could, because I had a manual removal, mm. I did have second degree tear when he was born. And then okay. because of the man- manual removal, it became a third degree tear, which is just something that happens. Now I've been healing very well, thankfully. But it would be a reason for them suggesting um an elective the next time if okay, I yeah. wanted it. I wouldn't be um I wouldn't be able to have a HSC home birth again. Okay. As I would be higher risk. Like I was okay. completely low yeah. risk for this. There was no risks, no complications, anything mm-hmm. like that. They're very mm-hmm. strict with that. But private, I could go private instead if I wanted to. But yeah, the day after I was like, no way. (laughs) But now like four weeks is not that long after it. And I know that I probably will have a home birth again and uh, go privately because it was just like, it was just like, obviously it was intense and, you know, it's, it is painful. Like, you know, it's, there's no pretending that like, it's not painful. Like it Mm -hmm. is. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, 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 there wasn't anything about it that I change. And my midwife was so upset for me that I ended up having to go to the hospital. And she was like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, pity that you did have to go to hospital because normally you'd give birth and then you just get into you just bed, stay at home." Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know it. what? Like in a way, like all the kind of important stuff happened at home. You know, the the labor progression. You go into labor you get into the point of full dilation, then you deliver in him. Like that all happened at home. And so the kind of the, the good stuff happens while you're yeah, having yeah, your yeah. home birth, you know, and ta- like, did you have to, I'm, I'm fascinated by this, the kind of setup and the, and like you said, the environment, 
did you have any specific like when the midwives came did they did they have to set up like did they have to you know was there an area was there like you know was there equipment was there a place that you kind of do you know what I mean like could you just move around freely did was there anything put in place did you have anything monitored what was the kind of the setup that they brought with them or basically for a home birth you um will be prescribed drugs for if there is anything that goes wrong so basically what happened to me my placenta wouldn't deliver so I was Mm -hmm. given an oxytocin injection so that's what your body naturally produces but it Mm -hmm. just wasn't coming my placenta was stuck like you know so it wouldn't but so you have those kind of drugs that I go get so I go to the hospital they're prescribed to me I collect them and then I leave them in the fridge normally they're never touched they're never used at all Mm -hmm. but I just have them there for the instance where I did need them where I did need Mm -hmm. them yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but then when it comes to like medical kind of stuff that the midwives had like I never saw any of that they had that now the kitchen was a room that I just wasn't going into because it's had cold tiles and yeah, you know yeah. it just wasn't a room that I felt I was going to be in and I wasn't in so they yeah. used the kitchen for kind of like any kind of medical stuff yes. that was needed yeah. Um, like I couldn't even tell you what exactly was would have been there, but just medical stuff basically. Just bits, just in case. Okay. Yeah, and again, it wasn't used because it was and like new. Thing, things in terms of like cutting the cord or cleaning you up yeah. after you delivered or cleaning him up after he came out or whatever. Did they did they set up that yeah. in a particular space or did that just did they just follow you where you went or? Yes, yeah, so I'd actually chatted to my midwife about this because I had mm. totally in my mind envisioned giving birth in the living room. I just, okay. that's where I had it all because I knew the pool was going to be in there and there's a kind of hard kind of low couch that I thought would be a good one to use for support and for lying on as well, like if I needed to. But um, she had said, Ashing, like you don't know what way it's going to go she's like I've followed women onto the landing of the stairs and they've given yeah. birth like yeah and yeah. she's like we are going to be as invasive or as non-invasive as we can like you know even okay. for checking with the doppel what's it called the yeah the, the the doppler yeah yeah. yeah, the Doppler. I was going to call it doppelganger. The Doppler, <laughs> the Doppler. You know, like they were trying to do that so subtly when I was in throats of contractions. You know, like yeah, yeah. really subtly, just because at that stage it was quite often they were checking to listen. But um, yeah. So basically, I bought would buy some things like in terms of like covering stuff. I bought um painters sheets. Like okay. you literally just cover stuff with like so I, when I went to bed David set up the house kind of and set up that room so put she, the sheets everywhere and stuff like that but yeah. what ended up happening was I went up to the bathroom and she knew then was she because she also my midwife said to me which I just was another reason why I, I loved it all was that she had said to me before I'm going to know from you physically and the way you sound where you are in your labor like you know she was like I'm not going to like she was like I won't unless I I need to like you know I'm not going to do anything that doesn't need to be done to check we are like I was she only checked how dilated I was twice and like the only time she checked it the second time was when I was 
transitioning and I was like I can't do this and she was like mm-hmm. let me check how dilated you are like you know yeah, so when yeah. she arrived she checked how dilated I was and then she checked how dilated I was because she just she didn't need to you know she didn't need to check just tell and um so when I was upstairs and in in the bathroom she knew that I was getting to the pushing stage like you mm-hmm. know and she could yeah. sense that so she just went into the bedroom set it up because she was like I'm like you know presumed I won't want to go back down the stairs and also yeah. she'd seen that I was struggling in the living room so yeah. my brain would associate the living room with struggle and back yeah. to where it was so she's not going to want to bring me back into that room you know yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to nearly avoid me a little bit because she was like I didn't want you to associate me with going to the, the hospital and, and, and the, yeah, epidural yeah. and stuff because you had, I had really spoken to her about that that was a yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. From her um so she set up the bedroom and uh, yeah so it was basically all just kind of sheets and you've you're asked to like prepare lots of towels and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and that was all there like you know so that was all used and like you know there was it, it was now as I said I ended up going to the hospital but like my doula and the second midwife like you cleaned up everything as well like you know so there was like when we came home like yeah yeah just stuff everywhere here like you know (laughs) but yeah basically that's it's it's very like or not a normal kind of just throw that over there to cover it kind of thing like yeah then like he wasn't really cleaned up a whole lot I didn't want him to be um washed anyways but we were trying to do golden hour with him after he was born because I wanted to breastfeed and I have been breastfeeding but he um he did not want to be born at all he cried his lungs out the entire time like and I was in a lot of pain because the placenta wouldn't come and so David ended up doing the skin to skin for after he was born and and, and got that but um yeah it was wild This podcast is just one way that every mum supports you. Another amazing way is our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one baby wipe in Ireland. To receive yours, register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. And do you mind me asking, what position did you end up delivering them in? Because again, like... Pop culture would tell us that women are always lying on their back with their legs up yeah. in the air and there's a doctor at the end of the the whatever the bed or the, the hospital bed. And, and yet I know from friends and family and various different people. Now I had a I had a section, so there was mm. no other choice for me other than, you know, mm. it was she was coming out the sunroof. But yeah. I know plenty of my pals who have given birth on their sides or kneeling up or standing up or squatting down or, you know, so how did that happen for you and what way did you feel most comfortable throughout the labor? Yeah. So basically remember I'd mentioned that Dari, my midwife had um, said, I'm not going to deliver your baby. You're going to deliver your baby. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that I'll just guide you. That's what she did then. So basically I was on my knees with my arms on the bed. So my knees were on the ground and my arms were on the bed and Dave was lying on the bed so I could hold him and I was using him for support. And then my doula was giving me counter pressure on my hips, so pushing my hips for okay. pain relief. Um, and the second midwife as well, as Dari then was keeping an eye on everything underneath. So I was in that mm-hmm. position for a while and I was starting to push. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then she suggested that I get into a squat position, so a low squat position. So basically, then my second midwife got this. There's um this um material called it's a robella or I'm not sure exactly. It's 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 from Mexico, anyways, where this comes from, and it's a it's like a really long kind of scarf, nearly kind of material, okay. but strong. Mm-hmm. And people use it for in labor for like pulling on. Yes. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. She put it around her hips and gave me the this rest of the this the, the, it's not called a scarf now. I'm forgetting the name of it. But yeah. I pulled on that. So I was able to pull on that, which moved my back to try and get his head just coming out basically yeah yeah, so yeah once we got that far then she she suggested I move again into okay. a kind of a runner's lunge so my right foot on, on the ground and my left mm-hmm. leg on my knee so I was on my left knee and my right foot on the ground so they okay. were just kind of suggesting different the best positions and then I'd asked for her to do a uh, um perineal warm compress as well mm-hmm. I'd asked for her to do that so she was doing that as well. And then he was born. Like he was born in like a half an hour of pushing from when mm. I went into the bedroom, like really quickly. Mm. But the, that little bit of guidance, it was exactly what I wanted as well. Like, you know, yeah, I'd yeah. ask for that. Like, you know, some women don't really want any guidance and they really want to just listen to their bodies themselves. But she was able to just kind of say like, there's a video of my birth like and like I was like oh god I'm gonna need a while to listen to, to watch that back like and I was like because I was screaming my head off and I was yeah. like I was roaring I was really vocal like and then when I watched it back like I wasn't I was in such a zone it's so peaceful it's so quiet in between the contractions like there's literally just you can hear me breathing on the gas and air, which I thought was mm-hmm. great because it was focused breath, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just because you can hear them. I made wife saying, like, just wait for the next contraction. Like I could feel his head was moving down. Like, and at that stage, I had gone past the like, I can't do this because he was coming. So like, you, you were, know, because you were doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was literally coming. So like, you know, yeah. there was no option of backing out. And it wasn't even a thought. It was like more so, oh, it's great. Like this is this birth is coming to an end. He's going to be here soon kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that, that, that little bit of guidance. And she would ask me to like breathe and then like different types of breath to use as well mm-hmm. especially like when he's just about to be born like you know to reduce um tearing and that kind of thing mm-hmm. like you know different breath that can be used and just encouragement as well you can hear the like you know different encouraged voices like just saying well done you're doing so good and you're mm-hmm. nearly there like you know and then I was quite vocal during during the um contractions and stuff like that mm-hmm. but again then like you can hear my doula saying like down down your like your vocals sometimes I'd be like ah, going up here which isn't a helpful yeah. area to be yeah. in vocally, like yeah. down like sounds that were nice and low and yeah. crying that would push the air down and I everything. know what you mean yeah yeah all these kind of things like you know that just I felt so supported and so confident like I never had a doubt of something's wrong I can't do this like not I can't do this like as in like there's something wrong he won't be born like there was never a thought of that like you know Mm -hmm. I had the I'm exhausted I can't keep going 
which mm-hmm. every every woman nearly has like you know mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I can't I can't keep going but like apart from that like I never had a fear because there was just so much support and confidence in me from everyone that was around me and th- the way I'd led up to the birth and like you know I'd done my hypno birthing and there was times in my birth that I couldn't even think yeah. <laughs> of anything other than literally just surviving the contraction like you know there was mm-hmm. times like you know it's not like I was like every contraction I was like oh like you know sunshine and rainbows <laughs> I'm closer to him now like there was times that I was just like literally just get through each contraction and then there was times when I did I was like you know like this is great I'm progressing I'm doing well like you know yeah yeah um, yeah it sounds yeah. I'm I, I'm literally just captivated and like I can't even imagine how like just amazing that that scenario must have been for for you for your partner like I can't yeah. that must have been phenomenal for him to to that witness so fab like you know and like again because we're in the comfort of our own house like you know and we just could like just freely move around and stuff like that like it's a whole experience for the dad as well like you know yeah 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 especially the first like you know like yeah there's yeah. no there's only so much they can prep for it too like yeah you know that kind of thing and that's again where I would say like a doula was just like Mary was just phenomenal because mm-hmm. she could suggest to David things like you know like maybe rub her back or like you know yeah. give her some words of encouragement like because sometimes he'd be like what the fuck do I do what like I do yeah yeah of course do. but she never said any of that in my ears distance say like you know yeah yeah I never heard her suggest things to him it was mm. always very subtly so that like it felt like it was his initiative to like mm-hmm. come up and like you know give me some words of encouragement or like mm-hmm. encourage me to drink or whatever like she yeah, was just yeah. phenomenal like she was so yeah. great I don't know what this what the rules are at the minute with doulas in hospitals and um, mm. but like I would highly recommend someone getting a doula because it mm. just they're just phenomenal and Mary is just excellent and just you know i when when we do when this is is live, I will share her details and yeah, my for sure. Well, because um, it was just incredible. Yeah, it just sounds absolutely fascinating. I mean, like it's it's a world apart from the delivery that I had, and you know, obviously the circumstances that led to to me having to have Lydia by cesarean section were unavoidable. But talking to you, it just it sounds very natural it sounds very primal it sounds very intuitive like all of the things that like you said decades ago before we had hospitals Mm -hmm. on our doorstep before we had all that medical intervention that is what birth would have been you know and it sounds it just sounds absolutely magical if I'm honest yeah and it just like the thing is as well is that like I think I think some people think that like home birthers are like the hospital like you know are really yeah, like yeah. anti-hospital like yeah and that's yeah. absolutely not the situation at all like you know with the majority now there are some that really disagree with medical uh the, the way the medical like birth is kind of like yeah that's what, yeah like you know the majority of us are completely open to it and like I don't think that my birth wasn't a successful home birth because I had to go to the hospital like not no. at all 
like yeah. and I, I also it's not traumatic at all mm. for me like you know it was what it was I knew that you can't control birth you've no way you know yourself or you just yeah you've no way of knowing what way it's no. going to go and you have to just accept what way it goes you know and yeah. like yeah. some people like you know it's they could be at home and have their baby and it's no problem and everything goes well and for others it might not go that way they might have to go to hospital early because it's slow or whatever it is like you know there's yeah, yeah. there's lots of different ways that it can go but yeah it's just just that thing of you know because I was nervous by talking about my home birth because I think some people do think that we people that have home births like just hate the hospital which is just mm. not the situation it's just no. not yeah. I just had a choice and yeah. I, I meant informed decision. That's the thing, like, you know. Yeah. Do you think do you think you would have been disappointed, say, if, you know, because you quite obviously had made the decision to uh opt for a home birth midway through your pregnancy, say, do you think then if for whatever reason a hospital birth was deemed necessary for you, do you think you would have been disappointed that you couldn't experience it at home? I think yeah definitely I think I would have I would have had to have worked massively on changing my mindset with the hospital yeah yeah you know again it's it's just an environment that I'm not comfortable in that's mm-hmm. it yeah not like I'm like I, I hate hospitals I just am not comfortable there if I'm not comfortable my natural hormones are not going to pump I know that that's going to that's just fact like that's just yeah, biology yeah. just the way it is yeah. and that was a massive part of my kind of you know when I was looking at, at home births and stuff like that I was looking at a lot of evidence and a lot of like biological kind of facts and stats mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that like because I am quite like that you know mm-hmm. and like it just was it was for me it was just it made more sense that I would do a it no here. brainer yeah yeah Oh my God, Ashling, I like, honest to God, I, we didn't even get to talk much about the retained placenta issue, whatever, but talking about home birth in general, it's just such a fascinating topic to me. And I know everyone that listens to this is going to listen with their, their jaw on the floor <laughs> because you, I just it, like, it's, it's such a brave thing to do. It's such a, an empowering thing to do, like you said. And now you have Tommy in your arms and he's four weeks old and you are like, just thriving the two I can tell by the two of you that you're just flying it what I'll say though is that childbirth no matter where it is is brave Mm. anyone absolutely yes and any form that it takes is brave no matter Mm. what how it happens your baby arriving is brave like and what you do like you know me giving birth at home is just a choice that I made like you know yeah, yeah. it's the same it, you're still doing the same thing in the hospital that you're doing yeah. at home like you know yeah. it's just I'd love people to listen to this and if they're thinking if they're pregnant or they're thinking about being pregnant or they're just mm-hmm. interested to go and research it and have a yeah. look and get the go for the right see just go and inform yourself about yeah, it a bit more yeah. because I think we all have an opinion on it well I had a, excuse me I had an opinion on it before I even knew anything about it and then yeah. it completely flipped so yeah, I'd love yeah. people to do that and yeah look we're happy out now snoozing and just <laughs> getting them cuddles in holy god, oh god crazy. he's just he's absolutely adorable I just yeah I, I know every like you said every 
every type of delivery it, it takes a level of bravery and a level of courage and a level of you know it, everyone has fear and everyone has pain and we all go through those those same uh emotions but what what you have done is actually like it's definitely something that I don't think I would have been capable of mentally um physically look what would have happened would have happened but mentally I think it takes a certain level of strength so Fair play to you is all I'm going to say. <laughs> and if you do, if down the line you do decide to um, have another private home birth, come back and let us know how that one goes, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully that one will be even quicker. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, um, Ashlyn Kearns, for coming yeah. back to us um, on Every Mom the Podcast. Thanks, Mill. Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the number one baby wipe brand in Ireland, for their support. Their wipes are made with just two ingredients, 99.9% water and a drop of fruit extract. And they are plant-based and plastic-free. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate, or if you have time, we'd love a review. You can share this episode across social and get in touch with me or this week's guest. Our handles will be on the Every Mom Instagram page.